minds prepared, with our spirits ready. Oh, that's it. Every voice lifted in prayer. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we want to leave this place forever changed. Come on, I wonder if there's a young person that could pray that tonight. Jesus, I want to leave this place forever changed. you put your hands together and give the Lord a great shout of praise. Come on, why don't you give him a great big hallelujah before we get going. Come on, that's it. Give him a great big shout before we get started tonight. Come on, if you've got, a, if you've got an expectation that the Lord's going to perform a miracle for you, if you believe that God's going to answer the prayer that you just prayed, if you believe that God's going to show himself mighty on your behalf, go ahead and just lift up your hands, lift up your voice, and thank him for it in advance. If anybody else has come to glorify our great God in this place.
God. 
the hand. We're not done just yet, but grab your neighbor by the hand. Maybe look at him and say, you look real pretty. If you're a man, just tell man you look good tonight. But this is as good as you're going to look for the rest of the night because you're about to shout your hair down. You're about to loosen your tie up. Come on. You're about to take your jacket off. It's time to worship the Lord in this place. Come on, take your jacket off, young man. Come on, say breakthrough. Breakthrough in my heart. Breakthrough in my mind. Breakthrough in my spirit. Breakthrough in my soul. Breakthrough in my weakness. Breakthrough in my struggle. You are the God. You are the God. Breakthrough in my worship. Breakthrough in my praise. Breakthrough when I lift your glory by your name. It's got to go. Come on, can you begin to rebuke the devil out of your mind? Can you rebuke the devil out of your family? Can you rebuke the devil out of your youth group? Come on, rebuke the devil out of your city. It's time for a Holy Ghost breakthrough. It's time for our youth services to begin to grow. It's time for us to see miracles, signs, and wonders. It's time for a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. Come on, all the musicians, every praise singer in this place for just a few more moments. Come on, would you just lift up your hands? The presence of the Lord is in this place. Every eye close. It's breakthrough time at Camp West. It's breakthrough time in your city. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it, young person. You sound like an apostolic when you lift up your voice and you pray. 
That's it, young man. The devil's intimidated when you begin to lift up your voice and you begin to shout with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Someone shout hallelujah. Put your hands together tonight and give them one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Look at your neighbor. Tell him tonight, I've come to worship the Lord. I've come to magnify the name of Jesus. Anybody got some more worship left in them this evening? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You can return to your seats. Brother Al, why do you stop that? Well, I believe we, we probably could push a little bit harder. Amen. And just kind of blow things up tonight. But I believe that it's the will of God that we hear preaching tonight. Anybody agree with that? Amen. I'm excited to be at Camp West tonight. Man, there's no place I'd rather be than right here in the presence of God. About a mile from the ocean. That's not a bad place to be. Amen. It's so good to be here. Good to see all of you young people. Amen. I see many, many familiar faces, and that encourages me because it lets me know that you're still serving God. Maybe you've had a tough year, but you're still in the house of God, still worshiping. Maybe you fell, but you got back up. You dusted yourself off, and you said, I'm going to keep on serving God. Someone say amen. A couple of announcements very quick. Everyone say 10 o'clock. Tomorrow morning. We are going to hear from the infamous brother Seth Shoemake from San Jose, California, weighing in at 100. And... Amen. We're going to have a good time. Amen. We're going to hear a great word from God from, amen, brother Shoemake, and I'm looking forward to that. Also, there's going to be a beach trip in the afternoon tomorrow. There's going to be more information about that trip in tomorrow morning service. So make sure that you got sunblock and you got a volleyball ready to go because you're going to need it when we go out to the beach tomorrow. We're going to have a great time out there. And then for all of the ministry that's here tonight, we would love and appreciate for, uh, we'd love to have you join us in the turf club immediately following service. And it's just off to my right. Many of you already know where it's at. We'd love to have you there with us. We're going to take an offering tonight. And uh, hallelujah, Brother Wilmoth's excited about that. Any other young people excited about that? <laughs> now, here's the reason why you need to be excited about offering, even at Camp West. The Bible says this, that God loves a cheerful giver. And it is my personal belief, amen, that if you'll be a cheerful giver and you'll be faithful to God, amen, you take care of your tithe and at home, but when you give an offering even at Camp West, I believe that God's looking at it and He'll bless it. Amen. What does that look like? Well, it means that God will give you good health. It means He'll bless your family. It means He'll down the road potentially bless you with a great job if you don't already have one. I want to be faithful. Amen. I want to be faithful in every area of my spiritual walk. Amen. So I'm faithful to Him in my morals. I'm faithful to Him in my ethics. And I'm also faithful in my giving. And so tonight, as you stand with me, let us take and let's Let's do this as a form of worship. I have been told, no, Brother Allard, tonight, it's this, this offering is, is totally, this offering is totally uh, for the sake of worship. We got most of the expenses, from what I understand, have already been covered. Amen. But tonight, we're going to give 
with the spirit of worship. And so as we pray for the offering right now and as the praise team gets ready to sing, I want you just to say, God, tonight I'm giving this, I'm sowing this into your kingdom, believing that, God, you're going to bless me this week. Jesus, we come before you right now. And, Lord, we pray that you'd bless every young person in the house that has come, amen, bringing a gift. And, Lord, I pray that you would just open doors for them, that, God, that they never thought would open. God, I pray that, Lord, you would put blessings upon their life. Lord, save their parents, God, that are may be backslidden tonight. Lord, whatever the case may be, whatever they've been praying for, I pray that, Lord, you would receive this as a gift tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you bring your offering. Amen.
you lift up your hands we're preparing our heart for the preaching right now would you lift up your hands young person Everybody say, a miracle 
Everybody in the building, a miracle. A miracle can happen. Oh, yes. A miracle can happen. Miracle. A miracle can happen in this place. Just the campers right now, a miracle. again a miracle a miracle can happen oh yes every voice in the building a miracle can happen your hands together if you believe that right now lives are going to be transformed before this service is over i'm telling you lives are going to be changed forever hallelujah if you believe it shout yes man i heard we had great church around here last night brother marks preached a wonderful wonderful message and tonight I am looking forward to hearing a great word from God. Amen. Brother Marks, we want you to come take your liberty, liberty preach to us. Amen. Campers, let's preach with the preacher. God bless you. I wonder if we could lift our hands again, entertain the presence of the Lord that is already here. voices for this service today my mind went back to a time um, when I was your age and um, it's been a while since I have revisited that memory. And it didn't take long, but I closed my eyes and as best as I could relived it again, remembered every little detail I could about it. I don't remember everything that I told the Lord. There were several people that prayed with me that night. I don't remember all the people that prayed for me. 
But I do remember when I got up and I walked out of that service that I wanted a relationship with God more than I wanted anything else. And my prayer is that when you get up from your place of prayer tonight, that you too could walk out of this Tuesday night service at Camp West and more than anything else in the world, that you too would want and desire a relationship with God. I understand that I referenced that last night, but I'm, I'm coming back to that again tonight because nothing else, everything else pales in comparison with that. And the, the surly world that you have been born into, listen to me very closely, the rising tide of temptations, the stormy seas of every kind of sexual sin imaginable, seducing spirits, winds of strange doctrines, You need a relationship with God. We won't do it tonight because I think once was enough, but I had some people helping me one night in a service about like this, with about this many young people in it. And the last thing in the world I want to do, because I, I believe in you, believe in you a whole lot. I don't want to condemn you, but I was just was curious at this age how many young people in that meeting were certain that they had ever heard the voice of God. I'm not talking about audibly necessarily. I know that I've only twice, maybe three times in my entire life have I heard the audible voice of God or I felt like I did, but I do feel like God talks to me. He gives you that impression, and you know that 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 wasn't me, and it sure wasn't the devil. And um, I was astounded at how many young people were not certain that they had ever had a, an impression that they knew for certain was God talking to them. Um, it's very, very important. You, you need to know there, there's too many clamoring voices in the world that we're living in for you not to know what the voice of God sounds like in your life. And I, I pray that in this service that there is an, insati an insatiable desire, something that cannot be quenched, something so strong that 
is stirred in each and every one of you to, to know God and to walk with God. And you, you hear me. I'm fixing to read and let you be seated, but you hear me. God wants to talk to you. God wants to talk to you. Not just through the man of God that stands in your pulpit and thank God for ministry, but God wants to talk to you personally. First Samuel chapter 2. First Samuel chapter 2. Verse number 18. But Samuel ministered before the Lord being a child. But Samuel ministered before the Lord being a child. Girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Verse number 26. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. The story goes on. First Samuel chapter 23, the heading in my Bible says the call of Samuel. Verse number one, and the child ministered unto the Lord before Eli. The word of the Lord was precious in those days and there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim and he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep, the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And Eli said, I didn't call you go back and lie down and he went and he lay down and the Lord called yet again Samuel and Samuel arose and went to Eli and he said Eli here I am for thou called you called me and he answered and he said I I called not I called not my son go back to bed notice verse number seven now Samuel Notice verse number 7, young people. Notice verse number 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli. Verse number 9. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go 
Lie down and it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And oh, how things began to unfold from this point. Before I let you be seated, there are two, two phrases that I would like to lift from the text. first phrase that I'd like to read from the text that we have taken here tonight is in 1 Samuel 2 and verse 18. Notice, young people, watch close. But Samuel ministered before the Lord being a child. And then I'd like to lift that phrase out of 1 Samuel chapter 3. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord revealed yet unto him. Um, I don't really have a title. Maybe when we get in this one will kind of surface. But we don't need a title. We've got a lot of word here. And the Lord wants to talk to us in the next few moments of this service. Do you, do, you, do you young people feel, do you feel what I feel on this platform? Do you feel, do you feel the presence of the Lord that has settled in here? How many, how many want God to talk to you tonight? How many want? Would you just lift your hands and tell him that before you're seated? Come on. Right now, just lift your voice and tell him that. Come on, lift your, lift your voice and ask God to talk to you tonight. Come on, would you, would you leaders and parents, would you camp workers help me pray? Would you send some prayer in here? This is the future and we need something to happen in this group this, this week. We need something to happen tonight. We need... We need something to be born. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Samuel comes from a good family. He's got a good, he's got a good mom. In fact, um, most of the credit 
Samuel's rearing and raising is given to his mother, Hannah. But if you read closely through 1 Samuel chapter number 1, it's there you'll find that Samuel had a good dad. Samuel had a dad that was, he was faithful. He, he was not only faithful, but he was, he was consistent. He was consistent in the face of less than ideal and perfect circumstances. And we find in 1 Samuel chapter number 1 that the Bible says that this man, Samuel's father, went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. He did this. Young people, listen to me very closely. Samuel's dad did this in the presence of the shenanigans, if you will, that uh, the sons of Eli were involved in. Samuel's dad was faithful to the house of God. He was faithful yearly. We see in verse number 30, or verse number 3, that yearly he went to the place of worship, to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts. He did not allow things that um, some would allow to keep them away. He did not allow these things to interfere with his, his dedication to God. There's a lot to be said about Samuel's mother. She was a praying woman. Samuel's, Samuel's mother was, she was a woman that refused to be satisfied in a good sense. There were things that were given to her to try to make up for the fact that she was barren. But Samuel's mom, the young man, Samuel, our protagonist tonight, his mother refused, she refused to be satisfied with barrenness. She wanted children. Samuel, the young man, Samuel was the result, if you will, he was the consequence of this desperate mother that refused to be, refused to be barren. She refused to take no for an answer. We find in the Word of God where her desperation is so great at one point that she is misunderstood. She is thought to be uh, in a drunken stupor. She is so serious about touching God and something being done um, about this barrenness. I say this tonight to explain to you that there were a lot of things that were right in Samuel's life. 
if you are here tonight and you have parents that have raised you in the church, you ought to be thankful for that. Hallelujah. You ought to be thankful for that. You ought not, listen, you, ought, you should not resent your parents for raising you in the church. You shouldn't have angst and animosity towards your parents for raising you in the church. If your parents are faithful to the house of God and they're loyal to a man of God and they're doing their dead level best to raise you according to the word of God, you ought to be thankful for that. You ought to be grateful for that. If you got a praying mother, you ought to thank God. You shouldn't be annoyed by a prayerful mother, you ought to thank God that your mama prays. If your dad is insistent, we're going to the house of God. Nothing's going to keep us from church. If you've got a father like that, you ought to be thankful for it. Hallelujah. And I know that in a crowd this size that there are stories and I'm sure there are sad stories. And the Spirit came last night, and it will come again before this meeting is over to minister to those needs. But I know my audience and the majority of the young people that I am talking to under the sound of my voice. Uh, if not both, at least one of your parents served the Lord. I know there are stories in this place, and my prayers are with you, and you are a hero among us if you are living for God without your family and without the support of a mother and a father. Our hat is off to you. Hallelujah. I stand tonight, listen, I stand tonight before you with a rich heritage. I, my mother is a faithful, a faithful woman. There were many things that happened uh, when I was your age in my life um, that, uh, that would have detracted. It would have spun a lot of people out. But I today am here, and a big reason that I am here is because of a mother that was faithful. But you hear what? I'm telling you tonight, whether it's Samuel, whether it's Cody Marks, whether it's some of these other leaders that are in this house who have had great parents, listen to me. Your mother's altars are not going to be enough to sustain you for the rest of your life. Come on, I'm going to preach this tonight. I got something on me, and I'm going to preach it till I preach off. Preach it off to Preach it all for me. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that your father is a faithful man. I'm thankful that your dad would take a bullet for your pastor. But I want you to know, as good as that is, come on, and in some ways it can help us and get us headed in the right direction. But I want you to know something. The sacrifice of your father is not going to be enough to save you. The relationship that your mother has is not going to be enough to save you. You're going to have to have your own relationship with God. You're going to have to have your own walk with God. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. I am not here to discredit the prayer life of mothers. I understand there have been many pitfalls that young men and young ladies have avoided because of the the sensitivity of a mother to cover her children. Come on. But you young people hear me right now. It's not good enough to have Elkanah as your dad and Hannah as your mother. You yourself have to know God for yourself. Come on. You got to learn how to build altars. You got to learn how to get on your knees. Come on. I got to have some help right now. You got to learn how to get a hold of God for your own self. Hallelujah. I don't want to be misunderstood. I would never do anything to discredit the faithfulness of my parents or the faithfulness of your parents. But I can tell you right now, while there was a time in my life that the prayers of my parents sustained me, I want to tell you right now, I'm not where I'm at right now because somebody else was the only one praying for me. You're going to have to learn to pray for yourself. You're going to have to learn to encourage yourself. You're going to have to learn. Hallelujah. I'm not where I'm at tonight just because somebody else was willing to pray for me. There's going to be times that mama's not there. There's going to be times that dad's not looking over your shoulder. Hallelujah. I'm telling you there is nothing more nothing more important than you being able to fall on your knees and get a hold of God. Hallelujah. There is nothing more critical in your life than knowing how to touch Jesus Christ. If you believe that, shout yes. My concern, and I feel like tonight that I now have biblical grounds in which to stand on and communicate my concern is that we oftentimes get the cart before the horse. I lifted two phrases from two chapters in the book of Samuel that in my mind, at least in my opinion, they are out of order. But yet, I see this as the case in so many lives of young people that sit on our pews week in and week out. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 2, I raised, I lifted, I lifted that phrase from chapter number 2 that said that Samuel ministered before the Lord. But it's another chapter. It's way on down the road, Brother Allard, that we find out that we've got a young man that's ministering unto the Lord that does not know the Lord. Maybe you don't share that concern with me, but I'm telling you tonight 
That is a recipe for disaster. That is a train wreck waiting to happen. Come on. What are you saying, Brother Marks? I'm talking about young people that know the rituals of religion, but they have no relationship. Listen to me right now. I'm talking about young people that are familiar with the rituals of Pentecost, but they have no relationship. I'm talking about young people that have been involved in Bible quizzing, but they have no relationship. I'm talking about young people that are already teaching Sunday school classes, and I'm glad you're involved, but it's possible to, have, to teach a Sunday school class and have no relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says he is ministering before the Lord in chapter number two and chapter number three. The little man Samuel does not know the voice of God. The Bible says he knew not the Lord. Listen to me right now. He's being involved in fundraisers. I'm talking to some of you right now. Being able to quote scriptures and having no relationship. Come on. There is a burden on my heart. I don't want you just to be involved in your church. I want you to have a relationship with God. I don't want you to just be in the choir. I want you to have a relationship with God. I don't want you just to show up for the youth trips. I want you to have a relationship with God. He ministered before the Lord. Saturday, is it possible, I guess from this text, if we're putting ourselves in the picture, if we're making it applicable to our lives, it is possible. He ministered before the Lord in chapter 2, and he knew not the Lord in chapter 3. It's possible to go to Saturday afternoon outreach and not have a relationship with God. I want you to realize everything that Samuel was close to. Samuel, listen to me, young people. Samuel was close to the lamp. He was close to that which was figurative of the word of God. Samuel was close to the ark. The ark being figurative of the presence of God. Come on, young people. Samuel lived at church. The last thing in the world that I want to see this generation do is to be raised in the church and not have a relationship with God. Some of you, come on, the first place you went after you left the hospital was straight to church. You were dedicated in church. You've spent your whole life in church, but Samuel is proof you can live at church and not know the God of the building and of the church. I'm preaching to you here tonight. I want you to be involved, but you need a relationship. You gotta have a relationship. You gotta have a relationship. He ministered unto the Lord and didn't know him. I'm telling you, young man, you're setting yourself up for trouble if you're playing the drums if they've got you on the music schedule and you don't have a relationship with God, 
I'm glad you want to be involved. I'm thankful that your parents, I'm thankful that your pastor sees the necessity of you being involved, but it's possible. Come on, Samuel was not that far from the Ark of the Covenant, and he knew not the voice of God. Neither did he have a relationship with God. I'm preaching to some of you that you are more than willing. You're there when a meeting's called. Come on, if there's time, a time to clean the church or set up for a Christmas program, you're there. You're all about the party but listen to me service is no guarantee that you have a relationship with God willingness is no guarantee come on I know this is not popular preaching but this is what's going to save you you've got to have a relationship with God it's the only way you're going to be able to navigate We got kids running bus routes that don't have a relationship with God. We got kids knocking on doors. Why? It's service. It's right. Don't misunderstand me. Come on. I don't want you to stop service. Come on. But what good is service? What good is service to your community if you're not serving God? Samuel lived at church and didn't know the voice of God. Come on. If you're going to teach a Sunday school class, you ought to have a relationship with God. If you're going to sing in the choir, you ought to have a relationship with God. And there came, I'm not just speaking this metaphorically, I mean it literally. As I now have teenagers in my home, the Bible says that there came a generation who knew not the Lord. Ministered before the Lord. Come on, can I preach it as it looks in your life? He knew how many gods there were. He knew the baptism formula. Samuel, very quick, caught on. What sacrifices went where? How things had to be cleaned up. God have mercy. Talking about getting the cart in front of the horse. Hallelujah. And I want you to dress right. And I believe there's a way we ought to dress that pleases God. But we've got the cart in front of the horse. When the, when the kids have learned the dress code, listen to me. You can learn to dress. Come on. To keep yourself on the platform and keep yourself out of trouble and still not have a relationship with God. This is too simple. Come on. I, I'm telling you, I apologize for the simplicity, but I'm telling you, I don't apologize for what I'm preaching to you because you'll never hear anything more important than what I'm telling you right now. You're not going to survive knowing the doctrine. You're going to survive because you have a relationship with God.
I hope I'm all right here. I'm going to walk on an edge, but I got to get in some of your head right, in your heads and spirit and preach to you right now. You young ladies, come on, just because you got a dress on, I've seen a lot of girls with dresses on that were destroyed and wrecked their lives. Just because you got a dress on doesn't mean, come on, that you are exempt or that excludes you from temptation. Come on, you got to have more than a dress on. You got to have a relationship with God. Young man, you got to have more than a good haircut. You got to have a relationship with God. You got to have more than your sleeves, right? The young boy ministered before the Lord. And it took a whole chapter. You know who took him there? The reason I started the way I started is because some of you have been raised by Hannah's Elkanah's. I don't know. I hope my kids are listening to me tonight. I got two boys sitting here. As much as I pray for them and as great as I feel like their relationship, their mother and her relationship with God, I know that our prayers do a lot, but ultimately they, it's going to have to come a point that they have their own prayer life. Samuel didn't take himself, Brother Wilma, to the house of God. His mama took him there. You that have been raised in the church, you've got to understand what I'm telling you right now. It didn't originate with me, but it was funny, and I'm sure you've heard it, but I don't even I don't know where it originated from, but I heard someone speaking one time and said they 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 had a drug problem and they, they weren't talking about methamphetamines or cocaine, but when they were a child they had a a drug problem and and and, and the punchline was that their parents drugged them to church. And drugged them to youth camp. Hannah's mom, or Hannah Samuel's mom, took him to where he needed to be and left him. And there's a lot. There's a lot in my in my estimation, that's left to be said, and I know I've slowed this down, but you listen real close to what I'm telling you. I don't know what went through his head. I know how little Bob, little boys are with their mom. I said, I know how little boys are with their mom. I don't know what he dealt with internally. I'm sure there were, there were some days that Samuel didn't understand. He wasn't old enough to completely understand why things were the way they were.
So I believe I could say, I, I could say safely that it all started with Samuel being at church when Samuel had no choice but to be at church. Samuel was at church to begin with because it was Hannah's choice. Maybe your parents made you come this week. I'm glad they did. I'm glad your parents are insistent that, in fact, some of you have tried, you have tried the lines that most of you, should, hopefully you're smart enough to know that even if you don't want to go, that's, that's a subject you better not broach. At some point, something's got to transition. At some point, this is no longer just what I do because mom brought me here and dropped me off and told me that this was what I was supposed to do. At some point, this can no longer become the rituals, the ritualisms of Pentecost, the, forma, uh, the, the, the formats, the, 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 the ideologies, the practices. of. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. At some point, this can no longer just be the practices of Pentecost. You know when to stand. You know when to raise your hands. You know when you're, when you're supposed to clap. All of these things are not going to sustain you. They will not sustain you. The only thing that's going to sustain you, and you listen to me, oftentimes when I'm dealing with people who have messed their lives up, the world is upside down, and then I go back home and I look at my children, I wonder what in the world have we brought our kids into. Listen to me, from my two sons that are sitting here tonight all the way down to you that are 12, you that I don't even know, you that have never heard me preach, you listen to me right now. You are going to have to have a relationship. If you have any desire of being saved, if you have any desire of keeping it together, if you have any desire of wending your way through this world without being completely messed up in your mind and your emotions, you're going to have to know what the voice of God sounds like. Hallelujah. I can't do that for you. Your parents cannot do that for you. We can bring you where you're supposed to go. We can tell you what you're supposed to do. Are you listening? But on your own, you're going to have to cultivate a desire on your own to know God for yourself. I'm not just doing this because Hannah dropped me off here and this is what Eli says that I have to do. Something has got to shift and I feel like Tuesday night at Camp West would be a good time for something to shift and for you to matriculate, come on, for you to maturate to a place that you say, I'm not doing this anymore because Hannah dropped me off here. Right. 
I'm not doing this anymore because Eli says that I have to do it. Come on, I'm doing it because I want to know for myself. I want a relationship with God for myself. I want to walk with God. Come on, I'm thankful for the experiences that you've had. Come on, I want to know, is there any young people here that say, I want my own experiences. I want my own stories. I want to hear him for myself. Say, Brother Mark, you, it's going to be unpositive. You say, you put such a heavy blanket on this service. Samuel lives at church and doesn't know the voice of God. There's a big percentage of you that are sitting here in front of me tonight that you too have fallen into this that you know the practices and the rituals but you're not engaged with the God behind it all and there came a generation who knew not the Lord listen to me closely three times I want you to notice, you young people, listen to Brother Mark's real close. I want you to notice there's some things that's got to be in place for God to even begin to try to speak to you. I'm just going to be honest with you because I, I know because I, I have one, and not on me right now, but I, I, I have a phone. And... God's going to talk to you. There's some conditions. There's an atmosphere. And it's not, there's, God, there's, it's no coincidence that God tries to speak to Samuel when he lays down at night and everything finally slows down. If you don't have a slow down time in your life, If you're, if you're waking up in the middle of the night and having to turn your radio off or something you've left playing, come on, if you're, wake, if you're having to wake up in the middle of the night and take, take the iPad or the, or, or the laptop out of bed with you and set it on the nightstand so you can finish resting, listen to me. You're, you're not going to learn the voice of God. You're going to have to learn to turn this technology off. You're going to have to learn to push all the voices out. You're going to have to learn to resist. Listen, I'm preaching truth right now. There is so many things right now that are being shoved in your face, come on, that are going to rob you of being able to learn the voice of God. You're going to have to unbusy yourself. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm telling you, I just used it. You're going to have to unbusy yourself. If you're going to hear from God, you're going to have to turn the computer off. You're going to have to turn your phone off. You're going to have to get still.
Hallelujah. You can come to the keyboard, but just listen to me. I'm not finished yet. Listen to me. I'm thankful. I can't tell you how many times I thank God that I didn't have a phone or social media when I was your age to use as a crutch. I'm not going to post some kind of picture. Come on, to try to stir up some interest or for somebody to say something to me. Come on, you need to learn to be okay with being lonely because when you get lonely, when you get alone, it's then that God can talk to you. Come on, I need some help right now. Shut that stuff off. Turn it off. Hallelujah. Brother Mark, do you think it'll send somebody to hell? I'm not here tonight to tell you whether it's a heaven or hell issue, but I will tell you this. It will keep you from hearing the voice of God if you stay busy, if you keep your life cluttered with devices and social media. How are you going to talk to God when you spend all your time talking to everybody else? I'm preaching to you right now. How are you going to learn to talk to God? I don't know how to hear from God. It's not hard. Eli said, when you go back and you lay down, just tell him, here I am. (laughs) I told you this is going to end positive. This blows my mind what I'm about to tell you. Yeah, it's a grievance. Yes, it's an issue when you got a young man ministering before the Lord in one chapter and we find out in the next chapter that he doesn't even know the God he's ministering for. That's an issue. Then we find out he's living at church that close to the ark, that close to the light, that close to all those things, and he, he doesn't know God. That's the, those are issues. He's mistaken the voice of God thinking it was an e thinking it was Eli. That's that's an issue. But you young people listen to me right now. If you if you have a desire, you young ladies, you young men, if you have a desire to have a relationship with God and to know the voice of God, I want you to watch what happens with Samuel. Brother Prado, good to see you. Watch what happens with Samuel. Samuel goes from knowing the rituals and having no relationship. Samuel goes from missing it three times. To when it was all said and done, Samuel so learned the voice of God that the Bible says he's the only man the Bible said this about that not a word out of Samuel's mouth from the Lord fell to the ground. Oh my God. Not one word fell to the ground. And so, yeah, I feel like there's obstacles. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to tiptoe through the tulips. I think there's a lot of distractions that want to keep you involved and not intimate. 
You didn't hear what I just said. I think there's a lot of distractions that would like to see you involved in your church. Listen, but not intimate with God. Just like with Samuel, I feel like we have an opportunity here tonight. And something happens in meetings just like this where young people get a hold of something. I can't be anybody but me. And I'm just trusting that when they extended the invitation, they just want to be to me to be me in this camp. And I'm not going to feel bad about sharing bare necessities with you because this is, this is where it's at. But it's moments just like this. Just like this. That something can shift. And you can go from never having heard the voice of God or not knowing if you've heard the voice of God to starting a journey and a relationship with God it is no longer I'm doing this because Hannah brought me here and dropped me off. I'm no longer doing this just because my dad was faithful. But you can begin a journey tonight of your own. And you can become so close to God as Samuel did. He so honed his ability to hear from God that he never missed it. Not a word that came out of his mouth. Not one word fell to the ground. I think that's what God wants to do in some young men on this Tuesday night at Camp West. I think God wants to begin something very deep and intimate with you here in this meeting tonight. things start happening and God starts waking you up in the middle of the night. Things start happening and you start feeling something. And I'm not, I'm not talking about doing stuff to appear to be super spiritual, but all of a sudden everybody turns and looks and you're gone and it's because you felt something pulling you away. I'm going to be honest. I don't want to condemn the rest of you, but I'm telling you, it's a lot of you. I'm going to be honest and say, I didn't know what to do with it, but there's been times I've been with crowds or, and I've just felt like something was trying to pull me away. You ever felt that before? That's God not just wanting you to be involved. That's God wanting you to be Intimate. And it's learning to, to yield to that. first thing that the Lord spoke to me. My grandma's still living and she was here. She had vouched for this. I know they got tired of hearing me say it, but the first time that I was certain the Lord spoke to me and my dad was 
away from the Lord. It wasn't paragraphs or pages. It wasn't an audible voice, but I knew. I knew it was the Lord, and he just gave me this strong impression. He seen the heavy heart of a boy that his father was not right with God and my, my, my God that I was working to form a relationship with came to me in a moment, in a moment where we were fellowshipping with one another and that strong impression, impression he, don't, you can't take that away from me. He spoke to me, said, I'm going to save your dad. And he did it. He did it, he did it, he did it, he did it, he did it. We're going to do it this way to keep from embarrassing you here tonight. But I do want to get specific how we do this altar call. You say, oh, this makes me nervous. That's all we need is a bunch of kids running around saying, God said this and God said, we're a long ways from that. Will anybody agree with me? We're a long ways from that. If this is too radical, then <laughs> I don't know what we're we doing. If you're in this meeting and you, you're a young person and you say, I, I want to be I want, I want to be in a position. I want to have a relationship with God. I want God to speak to me. I want to know what it feels like when God. I've heard people say he impressed me or he moved on me. I'm standing tonight in defense of that. I don't want that kind of language to die. In our apostolic culture. I, you, I, it's almost, it's all, you very rarely hear it anymore. I want to get your help to help me. Will you help me resuscitate something? I used to hear it more often. That just doesn't agree with my Holy Ghost. I just, have you ever heard anybody say, I just feel a check in my Holy Ghost? You don't hear that near as much as you used to. That's God talking to you. I want to hear. I want to be able to hear from God. Not, not, to, not, not to get a, a sermon. That, that's, when, when we, 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 that's another subject for another day. No, I just I want a relationship with God where God can, where God can speak to me. And it's no wonder lots of people don't have a, a, a prayer life. What kind of prayer life is, is it if it's all one-sided? Who wants to have a monologue? No wonder people don't have a prayer life. Because you ever, you ever get a prayer life and you're talking to God, but you know how to get quiet and God's talking back to you. That changes everything. Prayer, listen, prayer no longer becomes a, 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 a duty anymore. It becomes something you desire. Okay. 
say, I, I want a relationship with God. I want to be able to hear from God more than anything else. I want you to step out from where you're standing. I know we've slowed way down. It, it's not hard at a youth camp with all these kids to turn a crank. These guys could have blew this thing up earlier. The energy was here. It's easy to do. But you heard Brother Allard. They felt like that the Lord had a word and there was something he was wanting to speak to you. you to close your eyes. She's going to sing through this once. I want you just to be still. Just close your eyes and be still. Can you turn her on right here? to get your hands up now and I want you to begin to seek him don't worry about who's around you you and God I don't want to just be involved I want to be intimate I want intimacy God help us help us God let us not put so much emphasis on involvement that we forget intimacy, intimacy, intimacy with God. Involvement is important, but intimacy is paramount to involvement. Come on, young people. Intimacy is paramount to involvement. Come on, open your heart and cry out right now. We're worried about how you look. We're worried about if your tie is straight. We're worried about what your hair looks like. You and Jesus right now. Come on, close your eyes and cry out to God. Time to look around. 
I'm glad you're involved. But more important than you be involved, you got to be intimate with God. You're in trouble if you're involved and you're not being intimate with God. I don't want you just to minister before the Lord. I want you to minister to the Lord. Come on, come on, come on, come on. It's one thing to minister before the Lord. It's another thing to minister to the Lord. Come on, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. It's one thing to minister before the Lord. It's another thing to minister to the Lord. Come on, guys. I can't hear you. Are there any desperate young men? I want to be somebody you can talk to. I want to, I want to be somebody you can wake up in the middle of the night. I want to be some, God, I'm lending my ears to you. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me. Come on, girls. Don't stop. Let's get a hold of heaven. Let's see how loud we can get. Let's see how desperate we can get. Let's see how Cry out. Cry out. I'm not going to be involved and not be intimate. I'm not going to minister before the Lord and not minister to the Lord. Come on, young man. If you're having trouble praying by yourself, pray for another young man close to you. We got to touch God tonight. The phones are off. The computer lids are shut. There's not the glow of a screen, but the glow of his glory is here right now. The glow of his glory is here right now. church you got to be in you got to be more than involved in your church you got to be intimate with God you got to be intimate with God you got to know what a prayer life's about you got to know how to talk in tongues
We will not be that generation that knew not the Lord. We will not fulfill that generation. We will not wear the shoes of that generation. We will not resemble that generation. We will not look like that generation. We will know, we will know this God. We will walk with this God. We will talk with this God. We will fellowship. Where's the desperation? I wish some young men to get desperate right now. Quit worrying about the snack shack. Quit worrying about the activities after church. Come on. Quit worrying about what happens next. Quit worrying about who's looking at you. Quit worrying about how you look. Close your eyes and get desperate right now. I might know him. That 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 I might know him. Come on. Let me tell you something. You're going to accumulate a lot of knowledge. Come on. But there's no greater knowledge than knowing the Lord. There is no greater knowledge than knowing the Lord. Come on, make your mind up. I'm not going to be dry and crusty. We're not going to be a part of Pentecost that is an inch deep and a mile wide. Come on, make your mind up. We're not going to be that generation who knew not the Lord. We're not going to be a part of that generation who knew not the Lord. I refuse to identify with that generation who knew not the Lord. song and I like it draw me close to you but what's wrong with us drawing ourselves close to him why does God have to be the only one that's doing the approaching why does God have to be the only one that's doing the pursuing I like the song but what's wrong with us drawing ourselves closer to him stop some of you've never been past this point if you push right now you're going to go somewhere you've never been close your eyes you've been here before push past this point cry out again cry out again push past this point push past this point something's breaking my God you've committed something's breaking my God brother Will come on Something's breaking. Devils are trembling. Devils are trembling. Devils. 
Something's breaking. Something's breaking. Something's breaking. Something's breaking. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Go deep. Go deeper than you've ever been. Go deeper than you've ever been. Come on, young man, push. Go beyond. Go beyond where you've ever been. Pray harder than you've ever prayed. Stretch. Reach. what's happening in the spirit don't stop devils are fleeing right now brother marks knows what i'm talking about demons are trembling principalities rulers of darkness are shaking in their boots come out the devil's not scared of your involvement he's scared of you being intimate the devil's not scared of you just ministering before the Lord, he's scared of you ministering to the Lord. Go ahead. I hear travail. I hear travail coming out. Go ahead, honey. Go there in prayer. Come on. Go ahead. There it is. Groanings and utterings. Go ahead. Something's being born in our kids tonight. Something's being born, Brother Bobo. Something's being born in our kids. that knew not the Lord. Come on, I need some young people that will get in agreement with me and with one another. We will not be that generation. Come on, can I hear you? Can I hear you? We will not be that generation. We will not resemble that generation. We will not fulfill.
I can promise you, your pastor would much rather take a call from you having come out of a prayer room feeling like you heard from God than taking a call from you from jail or taking a call from you from the hospital. Come on, your pastor would much rather take a call from you or get a text and say, I felt something today. I was praying today. God talked to me today. We got to have young people that know how to pray. We got to have young people that know how to intercede. We got to have young people that know how to talk to God. And God can talk to them. Come on, something's springing up. Somebody's getting, somebody's hooking up in the Holy Ghost. Go ahead, young man. Hook up in the Holy Ghost. just to be involved in my church I refuse I refuse to live in church and not know the voice of God I refuse to be that close to the ark and that close to the fire and not know the voice of God <laughs> 